A need is a lack of something that's required, desired, or helpful to someone or something. Today, we're talking about praying prayers that meet pressing needs. This message is the third in the series, Talk to Me. The message is entitled, Prayers That Meet Pressing Needs. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Grab your Bibles, your teaching sheets as we get ready to study God's Word together this weekend. We're involved in a series of messages about prayer, and I want to talk to you this morning about talking to God when you're facing all kind of pressing needs in your life. And I would imagine that in this room uh, this morning and the Frederick campus as well, that there are many folks right now in your life, in this moment, that you're going through some pressure. Does anybody have a little bit of pressure at least in your life right now? Sometimes what happens in life is that when we go through times of lack and times of need, anytime you face a need or lack something in life, it puts pressure on you. If you lack finances, you feel financial pressure, okay? If you lack something in a relationship, you feel the pressure of the absence of that. And so many of us today are going through pressure points in life, and so I want to help you to learn how to pray your way through those pressure points. How do you pray when there are pressing needs upon you? What's the right way to pray? By the way, prayer is an essential key part of your spiritual growth. If you're going to grow to be all that God wants you to be, you have to practice this thing called prayer and learn God's process for it. So let me share with you today five things that will help you to understand how to pray your way through pressure and through various needs that you face in your life. Number one, very important to remember that you have to realize that not every perceived need in your life is a real need. Sometimes we have needs that we actually create ourselves. Have you ever created your own crisis? Of course you have. All of us have made things out of little things before. In fact, my mom used to remind me, son, don't make a mountain out of a molehill. And so many times we look at our life and we tend to think that things are all bad and big and wrong. And when if we step back for a moment from God's perspective, we realize that things are not as bad as we sometimes think they are. and Things are not always going as wrong as we think that they are. And so there are moments that you and I need to have a reality check. And God can help you with some reality checks in your life. And so let me just lay this foundation with three points you'll see there in your notes. I like to ask all of us to read these three things together. Frederick as well as Gaithersburg, let's read them. In your prayer, you need to ask God, here we go, ask God to help you filter your needs through His perspective. Even before you start praying, God, I'm asking you to make sure that I'm asking you for things that really matter that I'm making sure that I have your perspective on life. Number two, ask God, read with me, ask God to help you trust Him to know what your real needs are. And so, God, not only am I asking you to help me filter through my perspective of things, but, God, would you help me now to begin to understand what you want, what you're wanting me to pray about as a part of this pressure that I'm going through right now. And then number three, together, ask God to help you have the right motives when you ask Him for things you feel that you Need. So, God, I want to make sure that when I begin to pray, that I'm praying not just the right things, but I'm praying for the right reasons, that my motives are what they need to be. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Most of you know it well. Listen to it again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit. Circle that word there on your notes. Submit to Him. That means yield your will to Him. Make sure you're praying from His perspective, that you're wanting what He wants. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. 
James 4 verse 3 says, when you ask, you do not receive. Sometimes we pray and we do not receive what we're praying for because here's the reason. You ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasure. So it's very important that we make sure we have the right perspective when we pray and we're asking with the right motives. Number two, to pray your way through pressing needs, know that, know that God knows and cares about your needs. When you and I come to faith in Christ and we accept Him as Lord and Savior of our life, in that moment, you and I become a part of God's family. We become a part of the family of God so that we can call God our Heavenly Father. That's why Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so we actually have the privilege, privilege of coming to God and knowing Him, not just as a distant God somewhere up in the, in the sky, in the universe somewhere, but we know Him as our Father and as His Father, as your Heavenly Father. He knows everything you need, get this, even before you ask Him. Before you even ask him of it for anything, he knows exactly what you need and he cares about that need in your life. Jesus taught us this in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse number 31. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what shall we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. The people that don't even know God spend their time thinking about this stuff. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Anybody want to say hallelujah right there? He already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Luke 12, verse 32, Jesus said, do not be afraid, little flock. I love that phrase, little flock. He's talking to us, his children, little flock. For your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. He's promised to give you everything that you need in your life. You and I will never pray effectively until we absolutely come to a deep conviction that God knows everything that we need and He cares deeply about it. Number three, third thing, you have to see your real pressing needs as God's opportunities. Whatever pressing needs you have in your life right now, I want you to begin to think not need but opportunity. It's not just a need, but it actually is an opportunity for God to do something. So every need is an opportunity. And let me give you five things, five opportunities that God accomplishes, things that he will do in your life through the pressures that you and I will walk through. First of all, when you and I are walking through the pressures of life, it provides opportunity for us to increase our dependency upon God. There's nothing like trouble to make you lean into God. There's some of you here today that the reason that you're even following God today is because there, were, there was some trouble in your life and that trouble God used to get your attention and to turn you away from the world or your own way of living toward Him. And so trouble brought you to God or for some of you maybe trouble brought you back to God. But sometimes trouble can be a blessing, amen? Sometimes trouble can get you back on the right track and God allows those things in our life to bring us to that place of dependency upon Him. It drives us and draws us back to connection with God. And so in your pressing need right now in your life, first of all, see it as an opportunity for you to be drawn in to deeper relationship with God. Psalm 61, 1 and 2, hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. So this is about prayer. From the ends of the earth, I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The psalmist said, when my heart is overwhelmed, what does that mean? It means when I can't handle anything else. When I get to the point that, that 
one more drop is going to just make me go over the top. When I get to the place that one more straw is going to break the camel's back, I'm overwhelmed. I have too much going on in my life, too much pressure. The Bible says that when my heart is overwhelmed, don't let it press me down. Let it lead me up to the rock that is higher than I. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9. Paul writes these words. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. It was a problem he had in his life, a pressing need he had in his life. He said, three times I prayed, Lord, take it away. Lord, take it away. Lord, take it away. But he, God, said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Paul said, I learned something that when I was going through this tough time and all this pressure was on me and it didn't seem like God was answering my prayer the way I wanted Him to, out of it all, God allowed me to draw closer to Him and find a grace that was a kind of grace that I'd never known before, and I found that in my weakness, He was there to make me strong. So what happens in life is that every need is an opportunity for you to draw closer to God. Number two, the second thing that you'll see here is it allows you to grow your character. Every need in life, every pressure point in life is a provi provides an opportunity for your character to grow, for your character to become stronger. And by the way, the greatest thing you'll ever develop in your life is your character. The greatest thing you can grow in your life is not your net worth, it is your character. Because your character will carry you through everything. James 1, 2 through 4, listen. Dear brothers and sisters, that's us. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for grumbling. That's not what your Bible says, no? That's how we read it, though, isn't it? Let's read it the right way. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Not just joy, but great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance, that's your character, has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. James says that the troubles of life grow you on the inside. Number three, the third thing that can happen, an opportunity for you in times of trouble, it can help you develop your obedience to God and your faith in God. The best time to grow your obedience and faith is not in the good times of life, the easy times of life, but sometimes when life is hard, that's when you have to learn what obedience and faith is all about. Pressing needs cause us to, to, to continue to obey God and believe that He's going to take care of us through it. Let me take you to a story in the life of Jesus and His disciples in Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse number 22, down through verse 25. One day Jesus said to His disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So He says to His 12, let's go across the Sea of Galilee. We're going to go over there. So they got into a boat and they started out. So they're on this journey and as they're sailing along, things seem very nice for a period of time. But as they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger, not just perceived danger, but real danger. It was a crisis situation, not a crisis of their imagination or a crisis of their making. It was a real crisis. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, Where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and waves obey him. Notice this. Everything was great with these guys as long as it was smooth sailing. But when the waves began to be tossed and the storm came their way, they began to... 
they begin to lose their confidence in God and their faith begin to waver and God comes back and reminds them, Jesus does, and says, where is your faith? And so if you're going through a tough time today, if you're facing some pressure in your life, it's a time just to, again, press into God, know he's growing your character and make sure you continue, even though it may be hard in this season, but continue to obey God and continue to use your faith. And the fourth thing that's an opportunity for us in times of pressure is that in those moments, those are the times when God can reveal his miraculous grace and power. I want to announce to you today something that is very clear in Scripture and something that I have a deep conviction about based upon God's Word. I believe that God works miracles. I want to say it again. I believe that God is a miracle-working God. I don't believe that miracles are something of the past. I believe that miracles happen today. I believe that first and foremost because the Bible teaches that nothing is impossible with God, nothing is too hard for God, and so I firmly stand here on the solid foundation of God's Word. I want to announce to you today that God can step into situations that are impossible and turn them around. God can change things that no human being can change. God can heal diseases that no doctor can heal. God can put relationships back together that no counselor can fix. God can do stuff that only God can do, okay? I believe in a miracle-working God. But I will also tell you this. Every miracle that I read about in the Bible and every miracle that I've seen worked out in the lives of people always started not as a miracle but started as a problem. You cannot have a miracle without having a problem. I have people come to me, oh, pastor, I want to see God do miracles. And I step back and think, oh, okay. What you just asked for are some problems because you can't see a miracle without experiencing some problems. And the good news today is if you're going through some problems, you're on territory, you're, you're in territory for a miracle. You're in a place right now where God can do something in your life miraculously. Look at the story in Acts chapter 12. Great story that shows us this very thing. But while Peter was in prison, that's a, that one statement is loaded because you need to understand a little bit of the background. While Peter was in prison, what had happened was the apostle James had been arrested by Herod, King Herod, and he had been killed. And so the next person King Herod went after was Peter and puts Peter in prison, and so Peter now is going to be most likely killed by Herod. So he's in prison waiting for his trial that will most likely result in a death sentence. So you got that? Okay. Everybody say problem. Would you agree that's a problem? That's okay for Peter, but what if that was you? You're in prison, probably going to be killed for your faith. I think we would all call that a problem, wouldn't we? The Bible says while Peter was in prison, the church, what did the church do? prayed very earnestly. So we have a problem, but we also have prayer, okay? Are you with me here? We've got the problem, but how are we facing the problem with prayer? Notice the result. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. That verse has always amazed me. Here's Peter. He's going to go on trial the next day. Most likely, he's going to be sentenced to death, and he's laying there that night getting a good night's sleep. I can't even imagine that. I would have been like pacing my jail cell back. Oh, what's going to happen? Jesus, help me. What's going to happen tomorrow? Okay. But here's Peter, he's sleeping because he had something, because the church was praying in the midst of his problem, and now Peter has peace. 
the peace that passes all understanding. So he just lays down and he goes to sleep. And notice what happens next. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him. That's how deep of a sleep Peter was in, to awaken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off, and Peter exited that miraculously. And he goes and finds the church that is praying, and he exits out of something that was certain to be his death sentence. What we see here is a problem, a prayer, and a miracle, a solution. So you need to understand that if you're going again through a problem right now, you are in a place for a miracle in your life if you'll add something into the problem, and that is prayer, okay? Prayer is what brings the problem into miracle territory. It's an opportunity for, for miracles in your life. Number five, the fifth thing that will happen, an opportunity in your life when you go through pressures, it gives you potentially a testimony if you handle it the right way, a testimony. What is a testimony? It's your story of what God has done in your life. God is writing a story through your life, not just somebody else's life, through your life. And He's going to use your story to help people that no one else can help. But here's the kicker. Here's the thing you have to remember. You cannot have a testimony without a test. You can't have a testimony without a test. And a testimony is what God's doing in you so that you can be used by God to help other people because of what He's done in you, but you can't get your story without a test, right? can't have the testimony unless you've walked through the test. Here's a story of this in the Bible, Luke chapter 8, 38 and 39. The story of Jesus' ministry to a particular man. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. That's with Jesus. But Jesus sent him away saying, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Here's the story what happened with this guy. He's been demonized, and Jesus comes and delivers him from demons. He's been set free by Christ. His life has been changed by Jesus. He's no longer the demonized man. And as soon as this man has his testimony, he's walked through the test of being demonized. He's had all these issues in his life, but now he is set free. He has a story to tell. Would you agree that if you've been de demonized and now you're free, you have a story to tell, right? There's a story for your life, a Jesus story. And this man says, Jesus, you set me free. I want to travel with you everywhere. Can I be the 13th guy in your 12-man team? Can I join? Can I, can I have a worldwide ministry with you, Jesus? Can I go everywhere you're going? Jesus said, no, no, no. The reason I did a work in you is because I want you to go back home and tell your family what I've done in you and tell your friends what I've done in you. It's not a matter of you going all over the world. Why don't you start with your own family? Why don't you start with your friends? So many of us try to think that our testimony has to be something big that shakes the whole world. Well, let me tell you, many times the testimony that God will work into your life as you walk through the testing times of life really is designed for the story He will tell through you to your family and to your friends and to the people around you. And it's extremely important that you let God create that testimony through your life. The fourth thing that you do to pray your way through pressing needs is to boldly ask God to meet your needs. As you're praying your way through, you say, God, I'm going to come to you and ask of you. See, the Bible is very clear with its instructions regarding asking. I'm going to read you a number of verses right now. And what I want you to do is just not try to read along with me and, and really just to listen. Let these verses sink into your spirit today because you need to get the Word of God in you. My Word will never change you, but God's Word will. Amen? 
and you need the Word of God in you. So let these words find their way into your ears and deeply into your spirit. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be, be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. John 14, 13, Jesus said, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Psalm 55, 22. Cast your cares on the Lord. And he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize or empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then, that's because of all that, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Matthew six eleven, Jesus taught us to pray, give us Today, our daily bread. Give us. It's asking. Luke 18, verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray. That's ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. Pray and not give up. So all of these verses point us to coming to God and asking for things. When you and I have needs in our life, even though God knows what those needs are, he invites us to come and ask. So how do we ask? Here are three phrases for you. This will help you to pray effectively in times of need in your life. First of all, you approach God confidently. When you get ready to ask God for something that you know is a real need in your life, you ask Him confidently. The Bible says that we're to approach God's throne of grace boldly or confidently. How does this work? If you're a parent, you understand this. Your kids come and ask you for things, don't they? And they ask you straight up, don't they? I know this as a grandfather. My grandchildren come to me and say, Papa, I want a dollar. They don't kind of sneak up, say, oh, if you can, it'd be nice. Papa, could I possibly have a dollar? No. Papa, I want a dollar. And if they see I have more than one dollar in my pocket, it's like, Papa, I want two dollars. And guess what? I give it to them because they're my grandchildren. If you're parents, you can't do that. You'll raise a spoiled brat. <laughs> Grandparents have the right to do these things, okay? okay? We send them back home to you, okay? You get to deal with them, okay? But they ask confidently. Second of all, ask specifically. Make your needs specific. God, I'm going to ask you specifically for this need in my life. What do you think the church was praying for in relationship to Peter? They weren't praying for a new chariot for Peter. What were they praying for Peter? Get him out of jail, right? Okay. That was a specific prayer. And so what you need to do is whatever my need, are, need is, I'm going to pray specifically. And then keep on, that's the K, keep on praying consistently. Just keep on, keep on, keep on in your prayers. Keep asking. Approach God confidently. Ask specifically. And keep on praying consistently. And the last point. And the one that I hope you'll listen very, very closely to today because really it summarizes everything I want to say and perhaps the heart of today's message. If you want to pray prayers that get you through pressing needs, you have to trust God to answer and then trust His answers. Trust God to answer and then trust His answers. 
Both of those are important. Trust in God says, I believe that God is going to answer this. I have confidence that when I pray that God hears me and that God is going to answer. And the second part, I'm going to trust His answers. That means that I will gratefully accept whatever He gives to me, how He gives it to me, and when He gives it to me. I trust that He's going to answer, and I will trust His answers. It means that I'm letting go of my will, I'm letting go of my wants, and letting go of my ways, and I'm submitting myself to rest in God's wants and God's will and in God's ways. See, so often we pray, Lord, may Your kingdom come and Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, but what we're really saying is, Lord, may my kingdom come and my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I'll be happy if You answer my prayer as long as You answer it my way. But God is not obligated to answer your prayers your way. When you come to God, you must come to Him asking truly for His will to be done because His will is best. And when God answers you, sometimes He will say yes to your request and sometimes He will say no to your request and sometimes He will say later to your request and sometimes He will say never to your request. I'm just telling you, you're a parent, you understand this, don't you? When your kids come and ask you, sometimes you say yes, sometimes you say no, sometimes you say later, and sometimes you say you're never going to do this because you know what's best for them. And so you have that arsenal of answers whenever you're approached by your children. In the same way God, as a loving, good father, sometimes he's going to say yes to things we ask for. Sometimes he is going to say no. Sometimes he will say later is better. And sometimes he'll say never is better. I look back on my life, and I will tell you that I am thankful for the no's and never's. I'm thankful for the yeses and later's also. Because God always knows what is best for you, amen? You see your life through this limited little scope of your world, and I see my life through my limited little scope of my world, but God sees the big picture of your life. He sees not only purposes now, but He sees eternal purposes in your life that you and I can't even fathom. We can't understand it, but we learn to come to God with that trust in Him. So how are we to respond how do we respond to God? Psalm 28, verses 6 and 7, very important. Oh, praise the Lord, for he has listened to my pleadings. As I cried out to him, I called on God, I prayed, and he listened to my pleadings. He listened to my prayers. He is my strength, my shield from every danger. I trusted in him. What did I do? I trusted in him, and he helped me. Joy rises in my heart until I burst out in songs of praise to him. The psalmist said, I pleaded to God and he listened to my pleadings and my response to the fact that he listened and he answered was, oh, praise the Lord. So here, dear ones, is what I want to leave you with today. When you're praying through needs in your life, your response to God's answers, whatever your answer from God might be, is right here in this verse number 6 of Psalm 28. Oh, praise the Lord. If God says yes to your prayer, what do you say? Oh, praise the Lord. Come on, church. Oh, praise the Lord. If God says no to your prayer, what do you say? Oh, praise the Lord. If God says later to your prayer, what do you say? Oh, praise the Lord. If God says never to your prayer, what do you say? Oh, praise the Lord. 
right? That's what we really say, right? Help me out, church. Frederick Gaithersburg. God says, yes. I'm underwhelmed. Okay, come on, help me out. I want to hear this. Come on, everybody. When God says yes. When God says no. When God says later. When God says never. In all things. See, isn't that freeing? Because you've already figured out what your response is going to be before you even approach your, your, your result. When you pray, I already know what I'm going to say at the end. God, if you say yes, oh, praise the Lord. If you say no, oh, praise the Lord. Later, oh, praise the Lord. Never, oh, praise the Lord. And that frees you to say and really pray the prayer, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you get to that point in your life, I tell you, you're in a position to pray very effective prayers that advance God's kingdom in your life, your world, and the people around you. Let's pray together today. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for reminding us of the fact that you are at work in our lives as we pray. Lord, I pray especially for people today, the Frederick campus, the Gaithersburg campus, folks that are going through real trials right now and pressures in their life. I pray that in this moment, Lord, that they would pray their way through to miraculous territory. And I pray that for all of us, Jesus, that you'll help us, that whatever you answer us, whatever your answer is to us, that our response would always be, oh, praise the Lord. Seal this word in our heart, I pray today, in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that will make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me, and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward. In Jesus' name.
If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with the pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash newbeginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.